Welcome to Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. This is the Michigan Business Network. Thanks so much for joining the pod. The economy is experiencing inflation. A lot of folks think that we may be headed toward a recession. I want to talk a little bit about that as well as the U.S. dollar and gold and silver. Well, who would I talk to about that? None other than with Patrick Keller. He specializes in economic outlook topics uh, as a radio host, a columnist, a speaker. He was the owner and still is heavily involved in Liberty Coin Service. He studies this stuff for fun and we had to have him on as we're in such trying times now. Patrick, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks, Tony. All right, let's just dive right in it. We're experiencing inflation currently. Does this surprise you? We actually uh, predicted back in September 2019 that this was inevitably going to happen. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Back in September 2019, the Federal Reserve started injecting billions and eventually trillions of dollars of liquidity into overnight loans, two-week loans, six-week loans into the 24 primary trading partners of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. And that inflation of the money supply, along with other forms of the government inflation of the money supply, basically locked in that you're going to have higher consumer prices happening. All right. So we kind of knew this was coming, but we didn't listen to experts like you. COVID hit. Let's go before COVID. From your perspective, how was the economy doing? It was okay. Not great. There was something obviously going wrong in the banking system in the United States where the Federal Reserve, starting in September 2019, found a need to inject a lot of liquidity into J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Citigroup, and the like, that were supposedly fortress balance sheet banks and stable and strong, but you know they're picking up a trillion dollars of overnight loans from the government. That doesn't confirm how strong and stable they are. So, Patrick, why was this done? Was this from direction from Trump and his administration and or Biden and their administrations? Why was this done? That started during the uh, Trump presidency and has continued since up till July 2021 when the Federal Reserve stopped reporting how much they were loaning every day. The cumulative loans had exceeded $10 trillion. And in the current plan of the Federal Reserve that they announced at the beginning of May at the end of their Federal Open Market Committee meeting, they're willing to allow up to $500 billion of overnight loans on a daily basis, except at the uh, discretion of the Federal Reserve chair, they may exceed that limit. But I mean, that's an awful lot of liquidity to still say it's needed. Patrick, who reels those guys in? Nobody really. That daily limit I referred to of a half trillion dollars, that can be exceeded at the discretion of the Federal Reserve chair. He's not answerable to the Treasury Secretary or the President on making that decision. In your opinion, are we headed toward a recession? I don't think we're headed toward it. I think we are already in it. So you don't see much improving. Obviously, a recession happens when we have two quarters of decline of GDP. So what you're saying is that that is going to happen. Yes. The first quarter, 2022, Bureau of Economic Analysis had uh, their first estimate was a decline of 1.4% from the previous quarter. 
So that's the first of two quarters. We also have a decline in the stock markets uh, in large part because of the Federal Reserve finally trying to ramp up interest rates to match what the market is really doing. So as of today's close, May 17th, you got the Dow Jones average uh, down 10% year to date, Standard & Poor's down 14%, Russell 2000 down 18%, NASDAQ down 23%, and most world stock indices are also down a significant amount. Patrick, uh, what's the course of action to reverse this? How do we get out of this mess? The way to honestly get out of it would be so painful that the politicians and bureaucrats don't want to do it. But you got to stop inflating the money supply. The government's got to cut how much money it's spending. But politicians like to buy votes by spending money rather than uh, cutting spending. So that's not likely to happen. We're talking with Patrick Heller, who specializes in the economic outlook. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the U.S. dollar as well as gold and silver. I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Patrick Heller, who specializes in economic outlook. And Patrick, let's talk about the U.S. dollar. Where does it stand as we speak? Last week, the U.S. dollar index reached a 20-year high, and it's just below that level right now, which is not necessarily good news. If the U.S. dollar is strong relative to other currencies, that means American exports are more expensive in other countries and discourages exports. However, it's not necessarily that the U.S. dollar is strong, that the dollar index is so high. It's that the currencies that it's compared to, the official U.S. dollar index is compared to the euro, the Japanese yen, British pound, Swiss franc, Swedish krona, and Canadian dollar. It's those, most of those other currencies have been falling in purchasing power faster than the U.S. dollar has been falling in purchasing power. So in comparison to those, the U.S. dollar looks strong right now. But if you look against uh, other nations that are major exporters of uh, raw materials, for instance, oil or uh, various metals, you'll see those currencies actually 
doing as good, if not better, than the U.S. dollar. The one surprising one of late is, despite the economic and political sanctions, is the Russia ruble is now stronger against the U.S. dollar than it was before the invasion of Ukraine. Well, let's talk about the ruble, because as you know, Vladimir Putin was trying to get their customers who buy their energy to use the ruble as opposed to the U.S. dollar. Do you think that'll happen? What are the pros and cons? They are insisting that the nations importing their oil or natural gas have to make payment in the ruble, which is a major reason why the ruble is strong right now as these countries are scrambling to get the currency to make payments for those imports. The Russian government has also announced that they would accept physical gold in payment for these and even give a little bit of a price discount if they receive payment in that form. That's an interesting ploy because the United States, for instance, discourages people thinking of gold as being used as a form of payment. Well, it used to be back in the day. Let's talk about gold and silver. What's the current price? Is it a good buy? You've always told me, as well as many others, it's a great way to expand and solidify your portfolio. Tell us where we stand with gold and silver. Okay. We had uh, American stock ended today, closing down uh, 10 to 23% year to date. The COMEX closed today with the price of gold down about one half of 1% year to date. So that's been holding pretty steady and has been higher. Price of silver is down uh, almost 7% year to date, which is still better than the stock indices have been performing. But they're not being up now is a pretty typical reaction when you have weak stock prices. You do have investors getting margin calls that they have to liquidate other assets to meet the margin calls. And selling gold and silver is one of the assets that does get liquidated to meet those margin calls. The trend we've seen in the past few decades in weak stock markets is that precious metals prices tend to slide a little bit ahead of time or as the stock prices start falling, but eventually that in precious metals, that turns around and they come back quite strong and end up uh, being even higher. Why would Russia give a discount if their energies were paid with gold and silver? And do you see that happening? I can easily see it happening. It's a political move as well as an economic one. If you have gold available to make payment in international commerce, There's really not any government or business that'll say, oh, we can't accept that because, I mean, it's good money. It's uh, not going to default. And so that would give Russia some liquidity where some other nations might say, well, we won't take rubles or whatever currency. And the other is that the United States is trying to avoid having people think of owning gold as an asset. So this, by making it usable in international commerce, would make it more of interest to people to own. And that would be against the wishes of the U.S. government. And because they want people using U.S. dollars, correct? Right. Right. We're talking with Patrick Keller, who specializes in the economic outlook here in the United States, as well as around the world. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley on the Michigan Business Network.
Your hibernation is over. The fairways have been cut. The greens have been rolled. Are you ready for some golf? We sure are with 81 holes of spectacular championship golf just waiting for you at Treetops. Book now and for a limited time, enjoy an overnight stay and unlimited golf starting at just $129 per person. Then top off your day with a relaxing massage in our spa, followed by a succulent steak and choice of over 80 craft beers in our sports bar. Call 888-TREETOPS. Visit treetops.com. Treetops, Michigan's most spectacular resort. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley talking with Patrick Keller. And Patrick, I want to talk about the media from your perspective, not only locally here and statewide, but nationally and maybe even internationally. How good of a job do we in the media do at explaining to and giving good news about the economy, about the U.S. dollar, about gold and silver, and how they really work and what they really mean? I'm pretty disappointed in the accuracy and completeness of the reporting, especially by the American financial media. When the government issues a statistical report, check the jobs and unemployment report, what you'll mostly see reported is the headline. But in a lot of instances, the details, it's actually a 200-page report each month. The details may contradict the headline, but the media tends not to look in the details and see, well, what were the adjustments to prior months that offset the uh, job gains in the headline? Or there's a statistic called the birth death adjustment that even the statisticians at the Bureau of Labor Statistics admit is statistically invalid that says just because the population of the U.S. is growing, we have to add more jobs beyond what we went out and actually counted. And then twice a year, they erase that mythical increase in jobs in a way that doesn't get reported in the headline. So, Patrick, I've always thought we failed in the media when covering the economy, when covering money, because it's not sexy. And it's long term, it seems like. And we're short term people. And what's hurting us now is gas prices and food prices. And and we're not looking beyond that. What do you think? That's right. When the Federal Reserve waited so long before it started raising the federal funds interest rate, the statistic it was relying on was personal consumption expenditure. It happened that that showed a much lower rate of price increases than the uh, consumer price index or the producer price index or the index of uh, import or export price. And by grabbing the lowest signal of uh, rising prices, they were able to justify doing nothing for so long. But eventually, even that the personal consumption expenditure index started to rise. Patrick, do you think when times are tough, gas is at its highest price it's ever been? Uh, We obviously have more than 8% inflation. Food costs are high. We have a baby formula shortage. We've got problems getting goods and services off boats in the Pacific Ocean into the hands of consumers. There's just so many things going wrong. Do you think that uh, these hard times cause people to pay a little bit more attention to the big picture? 
they do, but they're not getting an accurate uh, description of it. Because people are sensing that the financial markets are not that strong or stable right now, you have seen an increase in how much people are saving. And when people are saving money, they're not spending it, which is having a negative impact on the economy. Patrick, let's talk about other countries. Are there any countries that their economies are doing well, that they don't have inflation, that they don't have the debt that we have here in the U.S.? Well, the Federal Reserve Bank, St. Louis, and Bureau of Economic Analysis said that government debt at the end of the fourth quarter last year was up over 120% of GDP. If you look at a country like Russia, their government debt is less than 20% of GDP. And that doesn't necessarily mean they have a good economy there. It's, it's lousy. But the government has not made so many promises of repaying debt that that could force them to take or not take actions in the future on that basis. The United States, as a percentage of gross domestic product, has one of the highest levels of government debt in the world of any nation. Are any countries doing well? There may be. uh, (laughs) I can't name one. Wow. We got a lot of work to do on this planet, don't we? Yes. Yeah. And final question for you, Pat, in regards to the media, how can we go about being better and informing people and really make the people interested? You can try checking foreign sources of information. I get a lot of information that way that I don't get from the American media. And I mean, even, you know, example, Russian or Chinese or Middle Eastern sources, just keeping in mind that there's obviously a bias with them. But if you start comparing what you hear in one place against another, you can get a better picture of what's really going on. Patrick, what I get out of our conversation is kind of depressing. It's like we're in this hole and no one wants to address it. And we're just digging and digging and digging. Unfortunately, that's right. The uh, fate of the U.S. dollar will eventually be inflated into pretty much having no purchasing power at which point the U.S. government would be able to say, well, we can pay back all our debt now. All right, Patrick, for folks who want to follow you and your speaking and writing and interviews, uh, where's the best place to find those at? I write an award-winning monthly newsletter. It's posted at libertycoinservice.com. I also post more frequent comments on uh, Facebook at Liberty Coin Service. And Patrick Keller specializes in the economic outlook. He's a great follow if you really want to know what's going on with the economy. Patrick, I appreciate you so much. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Tony. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We'll see you next time.